Hey, it's Myra. And this is Rhonda. And welcome to We Choose Love. Where we discuss the complexities of love, relationships, and marriage. Wait a minute. um, Excuse me. (laughs) That's what I usually say. I know. I know. But, you know, we're changing things up. And you know why? Because that's exactly what happens in relationships. And that's what we're talking about today. Change. Embracing change. change, Right? Change is inevitable. And changes in our relationships, you know, it's not always easy to adapt, but we're going to talk about embracing it and facing it. You know, this changes, different changes and just really working together. And if you work together, there's possibilities to make things better. Okay. That's, that's all true. But wait a minute. I just want to ask you one question. What? How was the Mets game today? That was a change for you. You went to a baseball game. How was that? I know at the community school that I uh, work with, I took 11 kids to the game, to the Mets game. And it was raining wow. today. And uh, oh my the Blue Jays played. It was actually Mets Education Day. And so okay. they had C versus, it was Team C versus Team Space. And so they had all of these activities for them to do. To, they had like skulls and underwater sea animal bones and all kind of fossils and stuff. And they taught them a lot. And so they had a really good time. And I had a little bitty one. She was like kinder, <laughs> kindergarten. She's so cute though. So, you know, it was a big change. I was bored because I did not like baseball. <laughs> Baby, you used to say, honey, can you come put um, some baseball on? I'm like, really? You want to watch baseball? <laughs> no, I want to take a nap. Yes, yes. But I did it but for the kids. I love the kids. Yes, that's why did. I do there work. That's why I do the work. You had to change it up, you know? Yeah. And and change is the hardest thing a person could possibly do, right? Yeah. You know? First of all, it's usually uncomfortable. You know, you probably weren't real comfortable out there. You said you were bored, right? <laughs> yes. And maybe the change is being made reluctantly. Mm. Right? You used to ask me all the time, like, babe, are you going to change? And I would say, no. Are you going to change? <laughs> yeah, you did. You used to say all right. That. I used to say that, right? And yeah. I would tell you that, you know what? I don't have a Sunday's best. You know, I was going to treat you the same way all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think at the beginning for me, when we were dating long distance, every time we would connect, you just made everything so special, so romantic, you know? And then when we talked about moving to LA, I was just straight asked you, like, is this, is it always going to be like this? <laughs> you know? Right. Because <laughs> I guess yeah. I just needed some sense of security or like assurance because, you know, I was making a huge change by moving to LA. And realistically, I only knew you at that time for what, about eight months? Right. It's about eight months. Yeah. Plus, I said I would never move to Los Angeles. I had been there many times. Diehard New Yorker. I did not a drive. Wasn't trying to be there. With all, I felt like LA had a lot of superficial people. And I don't know. It was just a really big change. Right. You were, you know, those, those were all the stereotypes. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I was, yes, when you were coming to LA, I was trying to just make it special for you. But, you know, that's how I, that's how I felt. I was sharing with you how I felt. And, all I knew is that I wanted you with me. And, you know, I wasn't acting in a way that I couldn't maintain. It was it was coming from my heart. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I was just being myself. I was able to be, you know, free with my love for you, with my love for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because you really weren't nervous about it didn't seem like you were really nervous about the big change in your life. Me, you know, entering your home, moving in with you. And, you know, you would come visit me. I, the last couple of times that you came to New York to see me, I think it was that last time when it was time to go, it was so, like, sad. You were really puppy dog eyes. I started crying. And I think at that time, I was supposed to move there in October. We had agreed. Right. But I just said, I'm going to come a month earlier. I was like, babe, I'm just going to come a month earlier. And, right. Yeah. yeah. And that, and when you said that, you know, I got really scared. That's when you got nervous. When I was really that's when I got nervous. I mean, you know, I remember that time. It was, of course, you don't remember exactly, but I remember it was Fourth of July, and mm. actually, the World Trade Center was still standing tall. Mm. And we were we were at, we were down at your mom's house. Remember? I do remember. And we, yes, and we I were looking out you. the window. We could see the fireworks, and we had Chinese food. Mm. You know. Maybe and, I remember that. I just didn't and I connect just, it. I just kept, you know, talking. I, I wanted you to come to L.A. But when you said you were coming, I straight got scared, <laughs> right? And I realized, you know, that it was going to be really a huge change. And, mm. you know, I immediately felt responsible for you. I mean, you were coming 3,000 miles. You didn't drive. Your family wasn't in L.A. You know, everything was going to be new for you. But, you know, basically the bottom line was I loved you and I wanted you with me. Mm. So whatever sacrifices there were, you know, we'd be making them together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, And I'm really sounding like really, like really (laughs) whipped, sappy girl right here. (laughs) Really? But it's true, though. It's true. No, it's okay, baby. I love it. You put something in my tea. No, I did not. Maybe you spiked your tea. You got your own stuff that you like to spike it with. But uh, (laughs) no, I used to say that, though. I used to say that you were responsible for me, too. I used to say that. You thought that, and I used to say that, especially when I was hungry, which was like the first freaking six months of misery. Can you say angry? Like, isn't it angry and hungry? I would be so angry. Because I was so pissed off at 9.30 in L.A., I couldn't get a good meal. It was just like every restaurant was closed so early. And I went no damn fast food, Taco Bell. And what is that <laughs> burger joint that they have out there? Um, fat burger. You know, I don't even think that was open. But I just couldn't right. get a good meal. So I was just always mad. But, you know, you made, you know, you made adjustments for me, babe. Sacrifices. When I started working, you, I didn't even know how to drive. And I had got, you know, I was working. And you drove me to work and picked me up every day. Right. All the way in Hollywood. Yeah. Yep. Because I was food and beverage manager at this Hollywood standard. So much fun. But I remember, like, I thought I would never pass the driving test. Oh, my. <laughs> Neither did I. So, I mean, I, it, I passed the written, of course, but I was never in a car growing up in the village in Manhattan. I didn't have to drive. And so... I know one was in the car with me, and then you started to teach me how to drive, which was really, really funny. But oh, I remember I, I can't I can't wait a minute. I can't say it was funny. Okay. It was now it's funny. That's the problem. That, that, there lies the problem. 
you thought it was cute and funny. You'd get in the car, you'd open the sunroof, you'd have the music on, you had your shades on, tilt your chair back, and I'm like, hello, stop it. Hello. You're like, this is, the, this is a 3,000 pound vehicle that could murder someone. You could die. It was very serious. But look, that's how the videos look. So I wanted to be cute like those girls in a video. But when I finally did pass, it was on the fourth time. It was raining in COVID City. The, the, the instructor was a girl who was just like, I got my period. Just straight up. <laughs> I, you know, I want to go home. And I think I lucked out. But because I was literally, I also had seen that movie. Of course, I was chanting it. But I saw that movie that Leonardo DiCaprio was in. I think it was The Beach. And there's right. a scene where he's like, we will not die today. And that's how right. I felt. And then I passed. Fourth time. Right. I was so happy because I would sit out there and wait for you. <laughs> and you would, I would just try and just look at your face as soon as you came out. And your head would go down and there's tears coming down. <laughs> and it was just so sad every time. Yeah, because I, I was 35 years old. I was so I like everyone had their license at me. I was so happy when you passed, Me babe. too, babe. Just like you said, oh. me too. It was, that me was a big change too because I got to, you know, be a little more independent and drive around and stuff. Right. So, I mean, basically, you know, change happens, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's how you respond to that change that's key. You know, and in the beginning of our relationship, you know, we were just happy to be together. Yeah. Right. And so our perception of change was just very positive. We were excited for it. We right. wanted it. Right. We were fine with it. We we're like, oh, this is going to be new, different. And we just adapted with a positive attitude. Right. You know? And in a relationship, there's always going to be changes, right. you know, throughout, throughout relationships. Yeah. Like, fi- like career changes. You right. Know? Like for me, I had been in the food of my day job. Of course, I was doing the art, but my day job was in the hotel biz, the boutique hotels. And I never 100% was able to pursue my art. And, you know, that was a change when I left the hotel. And because I just, I didn't really know, I had no idea what to do or how to do this. I just knew in my heart that I wanted to pursue my dreams 100%. And then, I, you know, I ended up being a teaching artist and while exhibiting my work and eventually I went back to school. But the initial change was uncomfortable. Yeah. And I remember when I told you that I wanted to leave my job, you know, it was at that point where it's like every day I, I was, it, it was, that job was awesome. We had so many perks. It was no reason. Oh, I could have yeah. rose. I mean, food and beverage manager, 24-hour restaurant, standard, hottest hotel, pool bar. We had like Vuclico every five minutes. I remember I had dry cleaning. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Could eat as much and as we wanted. That, that you over. so chilly and sea bass. Oh, yes. You remember you know, everything. When you when you come out here, we have to go up there. We should go. Remember, yeah, we, remember we, we gave you that pool birthday party at the pool bar? Oh, that was cool. Pool that side. Was fun. Pool yeah. brunch. Yeah, but I remember, you know, it was uncomfortable. And I was nervous. Um, I was nervous about leaving, but I also was nervous about telling you. Um, but what I didn't know until later was that you were nervous too about me not leaving. Only, right. Not only was I nervous, I was scared. Because, you know, you want to call me frugal Franny. <laughs> I'm very practical, right? I had no idea how we were going to make it financially. I mean, we're losing a whole mm. salary, right? right. But you know, I wanted to support you. You know, you had never been able to pursue your art 100%, you know, full time. 
You know, I want to give you that space, you know, that opportunity Mm -hmm. to pursue your passion. I know what that's like because I had been able to pursue my passion in sports, you know, throughout my my whole life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know how important your art is to you. It's like air, like breathing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, just like sports was for me. And, um, you know, I had opportunities to, you know, play sports, play basketball, you know, work in professional sports, you know, for both the Lakers and the Sparks. And, you know, I had to go through major changes. I got I got fired, you know, from right. working from the Sparks. And, um, you know, at that time I had to figure out what my next move was. And because I had, you know, sports and basketball was everything to me. I didn't like it being taken away from me like that. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out some other things. I, I'm like, you know, I have a lot, I have a lot of skills. I have a, you know, many other goals. So I started pursuing other things, real estate, became an entrepreneur. Right. And uh, right. When, when we got together, I was, I was, you know, an entrepreneur and man, it was all good until the market was about to crash. Right. You know, I had to make another big change. You know, and figure out, you know, how we were going to survive. Right. You know, and you remember we had many discussions and conversations and, you know, days of crying and just trying to just fighting. Yeah. And um, I just knew that I really wanted to do something meaningful, really, you know, where I was going to make a difference in a different way. Yeah, I remember you saying that, you know, I have more to offer. I want to give more. Right. So, you know, I really reevaluated everything and decided I had to go back to school, mm-hmm. which, you know, that wasn't an easy, easy thing after being out of school for so long. Right. Yeah. And uh, I decided I had to pursue my master's and eventually pursued my doctorate degree. You know, I had started researching all types of careers and was online looking, searching. And I was on, wound up on the USC website and found they were talking about occupational therapy. <laughs> I remember that. I remember I that. Had, I had no idea really what it was, right? And I couldn't believe the description because, you know, they were talking about the profession and saying they were concerned with the holistic care of the individual to ensure that, you know, to ensure their happiness. Right, right. And I, you remember, babe? I was yelling yes. out, yo, babe, come here, wait a minute. <laughs> now I'm in the office and I'm like, wait a minute, this can't be real. But it, it really sounded like an extension, you know, of me, you know, of my sports life. Right. So I was, I was, I was intrigued instantly. I remember that clearly when you found that OT career on the on, you know, online. And it said something like help people become happy. And we both looked at it, what? You know, right. We don't know what occupation therapy was. That don't, I said, that doesn't even sound real. Like, that can't be a real job. Then right. you looked at the salary. Hello. And it right. was paying Salary's nice. Good. And that's finances. You know, you were thinking about finances. And as we know, finances, um, the change in finances, that, that's a big change that really affects relationships. I mean, people right. get divorced behind that, you know, yeah. about the finances. And so, you know, that was something that we had to adjust to. And then when 2011, that was another big change because we were both in school. I had graduated from Rossi School of Fine Arts at USC. And as soon as I graduated, I just knew in my heart that I just needed to be in New York. 
It's just like, I needed that culture. And I was thinking, and we talked about this. I said, you know, I want to go at the time. I wanted to get my master's in fine arts and I wanted to do it in the East coast. And then, you know, we talked about you were becoming and do your residency there for the summer, you know, for grad school. Right. Exactly. You know, and being in New York, you know, working on my field work, you know, trying to get my master's, you know, we were there. We're from New York. Yeah. So it was it was like, you know, it's like a perfect setup. The place where I was doing my field work was right across the street That's from my right. mom's house. Right. So I was like, I get to spend some time with my mom. You spending time with your mom. Yeah, it's all perfect. good. But right before we left to go to New York, you remember? Yeah. My exactly. biological father passed away. Yeah, you know, and then we get to New York two weeks later. My mom has this massive heart attack. Right. Almost died. And the thing about it is that remember, we were planning the memorial for your dad. Right. We were planning the memorial when your mother had the heart attack. That week. That week. It was going to be that weekend. Yes. I think she had that heart attack on like Tuesday. And the memorial was going to be on a Saturday. Yep. And we were planning the memorial. Man. And, you know, she had that massive heart attack. And so I, we had the memorial for my dad. And then we became, you know, responsible for a 10-year-old family member that my dad was raising. Right. So if you want to talk about a perfect storm, it was a typhoon, a hurricane, <laughs> an earthquake. Uh, what, what else? What other natural <laughs> disaster? You know, volcano eruption. Yeah, it was I mean, a lot. It, we were like really overwhelmed by all that change at one time. And, mm. you know, it really created a change between us. Yeah, it did. Because before in our relationship, you know, when we experienced change, we went through a lot of things that we experienced change. We were able to just face everything together. That's just how we did it. You know, uh, we chanted together more. We just were like centered. And all right. I think, you know, we were, com- we were committed like that. We were, we were very, very uh, dutiful. But that duty, that kind of like, well, I'm your wife, so I'm going to stand by you and do this. And that duty, like, well, I need to take care of you, even though it, it was kind of like, I don't know, for example, when I was in New York and I, I went, you know, obviously to get to be in New York and I wanted to get into um, grad school, but I didn't get into the grad schools that I wanted. And you know me, I wasn't applying to 10. I applied to one, two, three. But I didn't get into the grad schools. But I realized that I still wasn't ready to come back to LA. You know, I just needed the the creativity and the culture of New York. And I also, I didn't really want to deal with all that change. Because by then you had going back, you know, finished your residency, you went back to LA and I just didn't want to deal with all that change that was that was affecting our relationship, you know. And I just wanted to get, wanted to continue to pursue my art, so I was resistant. And you know, I told her I wanted to stay, and that was doing something selfish for me. Um, but you wanted me, and you sort of expected me, right now, you know, looking back to come back because I didn't get into grad school, but you didn't tell me that. You never said. I need you to come back. I'm dying. Right. I need help. I can't take this anymore. Right. I mean, and it was hard because when you say you didn't get in, I'm like, okay, when are you coming home? 
And you told me, you know what? I can't, you know, I, I, I still, I, I can't right now. I still need to do this for myself. Right. And, you know, in some ways that kind of created some resentment, you know, and, um, you know, I, I was definitely supporting your dream, but I really expected you to come home w- without me saying come home. Right. You know, I, I thought you would realize, uh, OK, it didn't work out this way. Let me get home. Let us get back together and, you know, recalibrate. But, right. you know. I didn't, it, that didn't happen. And, you know, I just didn't want to be responsible for, for you giving up on that dream because of me. Right. Right. You didn't want, that's why you didn't want to say it, but right. this resentment built, right? So because of our resentment and not communicating our true feelings, um, because I never said to you, I don't want to go back and deal with anything. I just said, I need to stay here for my art, which was really right. the truth. But that other piece I never said. Um, you know, just us not being our true feelings and not dealing with the changes together, it just created a fissure in our relationship. That was right. the beginning of it. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, you know, you can look back, looking back, you know, I really acted like a coward by not really sharing with you how I was feeling, you know, how much pain I was in. You know, I was dealing with a lot of trauma. My dad, my mom, kids, school. It was just finances. You know, I didn't I didn't share with you how overwhelmed I felt by this life that I created. Mm-hmm. You know, so it put me in a real dark place. And then I was mad and started blaming you. You know, the person who I love more than anything. I'm blaming you for everything. Right. And I really allowed my weaker self to just flourish. It was just, you know, how you got that evil twin, that my weaker self, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started making poor choices, you know, cheated on my wife, you know, cheated on our life that we built. And I was, I was being selfish, you know, trying to run away from, you know, the realities of my life. And, um, when you don't address your feelings, trust. They present themselves in other ways. You know, some people drink, some people use drugs, you know, and I wound up, I, I turned to someone else for comfort. And um, you know what, babe? I'm really sorry. I really am. But you know what? I think this has made me a much stronger person. You know, I'm more humble and um, I've been working on not shutting down like I usually do when, you know, there's issues. Right. I'm trying to be more open and, you know, you're an independent woman. I'm allowing you to help. <laughs> I'm asking for help. Right. And I, I'm just. Myra, I'm just really grateful. That we have a second chance. I really am. I love you. Whoa. This is real, people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have a little therapy session right now, but, you know, this is... Thank you, baby. I'm like, whoa. I really, really appreciate you saying that. I really appreciate you saying that. I love you, too. You know, 
this is real. This is, this is, you know, in a, in a relationship. Oh, let me pull it together. Get, get, you know, y'all can't see me. Let me get, let me get the, let me get the, let me get the face together. Let me get the face together. Yeah. Get the eyelashes right. Oh, but seriously, like in a relationship, there's just constant change. Even that change, I don't, even that change that could be when things stay the same. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I felt that way. You know, like there was a point where I just felt we're the straightest lesbian couple that I know. House, gardener, dogs, kid. And it just wasn't this creative life that I wanted. You know, I thought I wanted this this life, but it just wasn't. And, you know, it wasn't what we talked about. You know, when we were first together, we used to dream what we were going to do and make plans and our businesses, where we were going to travel. And it just became this mundane day-to-day living. You know, that just became our focus. And I, it just, you know, we just went through so much. Yeah, you know, we went through a lot. We went through a lot at, those, at, the, at that time, but... um. We came out of it. Yes. <laughs> we came out of it, babe. We're here. And I really know that we learned a lot. I know I, I learned you know, unconditional love, what that really means. Forgiveness, you know, how to be that capacity. My capacity to love and to forgive is so much bigger. My lesser self is this not, you know, ego, all that is shot. And I think I just, held you so high up on this pedestal, you know, and didn't want anything to just, you know, didn't want you to disappoint me in any way ever. And you were just like high up there. So, you know, I stopped putting you on a pedestal. You're a human being like everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I learned that, you know, I don't have to treat you like this little fragile princess that couldn't handle difficult situations, you know? Now, I don't know where you got that from. I just don't. I, I, I don't know. But I, I think maybe because you were just so dramatic all the time. <laughs> you mean passionate? Okay, yeah. Passionately dramatic. Okay. Let's look up synonyms, right? Okay, uh, dramatic, you're right. Passionate, you're right. right, you know. But, you know, that, that didn't mean you were, you know, you're going to be like, you're going to fall apart if I shared something with you, right. you know, that I was struggling with. And, you know. You can handle any situation, you know. I, you're much stronger than I gave you credit for. Yeah, you really are. You're a strong, independent, beautiful, smart woman, and um, I'm fortunate. Thank you. Babe. Very fortunate. Yeah. I mean, I I think we changed, you know, as individuals in a good way, because I think I was afraid initially when I would say, "Are you going to change? Are you going to be this way?" I, you know, was afraid of you changing and I needed you to like stay in this role for my own security, mm-hmm. you know, but when, you know, we were able to be honest, you saying that you needed help and that, you know, I was able to say that I needed more creative space and creative environment. It's just so much better. It's just so much better. <laughs> I never thought going through all this that we went through. You know, that I'd be sitting here saying, oh, this was like the best thing for us, you know. Right, right. I mean, you know, being able to be honest, you know, and share our feelings, you know, our needs. And, you know, we're able to disagree. And it's <laughs> not the end of the world. You know, we never used to fight. Yeah. But, you know, we have arguments now. 
and it may be uncomfortable, you know, and we've had hard conversations about a lot of things. Right. You know, sometimes, you know, but, but it's so much better. But, you know, it's really helped us rebuild our trust for one another. And you know what? Every now and again, I like telling you all. <laughs> you know what? It feels pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, what is the new Rhonda? I just crack up. Well, I just stay quiet because you used to just shut down when I was going off, screaming and yelling, jumping out of cars, doing everything I was doing, going crazy. Yeah, you would just be quiet and just shut down. So it's pretty cool to see you yelling and being like, no, okay. And it doesn't last long, right? Right. We're never never mad. We're never mad. No, no. And we're able to talk about it. Yeah, we're able to talk about it. And laugh about it. Yeah. And come to a resolution. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, chant about it, our, our form of prayer, chanting. You know, I feel like a lot had to do with our faith, this change for the better. Because our faith teaches us to take responsibility for the causes and the actions that we make. Right. And so, you know, when we decided to work on our marriage to, to choose love. To choose love. <laughs> to choose love. Hi, this um, is Rhonda. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> to choose love. Our faith was central. I mean, we made that commitment to each other to center our life on faith because faith, you know, is optimism. It's possibility. It's hope. It's expectation that things can get better and will get better. So, you know, I'm determined that, you know, I'm going to be a better person. You know, that's what I said. I was chanting for every day. I wanted to be better. I wanted to feel better. Right. And. I wanted to reunite with my wife. You know, I didn't I didn't know how. I just focused all my energy on being better, making better choices for my life, you know, so that I could be balanced. You know, I'm a Libra. I gotta have that balance in my life. You if do. not when those when those scales tilt, I'm a mess. You are right? a <laughs> I mess. Have to be balanced, right? So when I'm balanced, I'm happy, I feel healthy. You know, hopeful, optimistic. That's mm. that's when I'm that's when I'm in my my best state. Yeah, that balance, and you need all of that balance. Yeah, you I do. Too. And since we since I don't know since then everything we went through with that, we, our decision to to be together and to really be united, just to deal with everything together. You know, because right. we acknowledge that we are stronger together. And we just change our perspective. All right. I mean, even in terms of the distance. Right. You know, you're still in New York. Mm, still, man. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. You're still in New York. <laughs> you're still in New <laughs> what York. What the hell was that? A constipation? <laughs> you trying to do I'm a like, little skit? Mm, okay. Yeah. You're still in New York. Whatever. Okay. But our perspective has changed. Yeah. Because that was, that little acting thing didn't work. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's not it's not really an issue anymore. Right. You no, know? that distance, you know, made us find more ways to be connected. I mean, that distance for this podcast. That's right. It did. You know, this we is why we're here. We completely changed our perspective, and actually, it's kind of sexy chasing you back and forth across <laughs> the state. I mean, my bank account is not sexy about it, but that's all right. It's all good. All right, baby. That ain't going to be long. We're going to change that too. It's going to be like easy breezy here, there, 
flying back and forth. What you trying to sing? What you doing? Wait, is she saying change, change? Or no, change, change? stop. Your black card is going to be taken away. Aretha Franklin does Aretha. not say chain, chain. She says chain, chain, chain. Chain, chain of fools. Right, yeah, she's food. talking about that's chain of fools. But you can go chain, okay. chain, change if you want. You could. That's not, I guess but that's, that's, that's not, not what she's saying. Let's be clear so you, you people know that <laughs> you understand Aretha. Aretha Franklin. We love Aretha I love Franklin. Aretha. I don't know. I feel like the underlining most important thing about all of this, about change, is courage. And you have to be courageous to make changes and to just adapt to changes. Because you right. can't do much if you're a coward. Yeah, don't you know? I know it. Yeah, don't, you can't. It, 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 it is, you just, you can't, you can't do much. That's, just, that's all I'd say about it. I mean, being courageous, it just can lead you to a happier life. It's scary right. at first, but when you're courageous, you go for the things and you do end up, you know, it's, being possibly happier, I think so, in my opinion. Right, because you're fighting for your life. You know, right. change, it's, it's not always easy, but like I always say, life is dynamic. You yes. know, it's inevitable. Yes. Things change, you know, but we when we embrace it and face change together, you know, you and I, you know, we're able to see the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it gives us hope. And determination, you know, that we can make our life be whatever we want it to be. Right. And it's like, instead of focusing on that past, it's like, let's put all, you know, we focus on what's now, the present and the future. And now when I look at this whole thing, everything and look back, like you said, it's just so nice that we're just like, oh, we have new, new dreams, new things okay. to build, new stuff that we're discussing and coming up with. And if we didn't have courage to, to get back together, to get through this, to do the work, to, to you know, and then to move forward, right. yeah. we would just still be stuck in whatever is in the past. And, and you know, that doesn't work. Definitely fought for our happiness. We did. And so I found this great quote that I want to say that kind of speaks to that. And I think okay. this would be a great way for us to end the show today. Okay. Um, it says, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Mm. That was Socrates who said that. Hey, can't go wrong with Socrates. <laughs> no. he, knew, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Thank you for this show. You know, this is wonderful and just, Thank you, everyone. We want to really thank you all for listening. Right. And, you know, listen to the podcast on iTunes, on CastBox and the Google Play Store, and on Spotify. And be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You know what? And tell a friend. Tell two. Tell two friends. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow up our show on Instagram at We Choose Love Always. And you can follow us both at Myra Gandhi and at Rhonda Live Well. Connect with us on Facebook at We Choose Love Always. Follow us on Twitter at We Choose Love Now. And send us your questions via email at We Choose Love Always at gmail.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Please keep it loving. And remember to always choose love.